outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. All right, good morning. And obviously, we are not on 1043 The Fan this morning. We're over on our sister station at ESPN. We end up here. Oh, about four, five, four to six times a year. We bounce over here because of some programming changes. We will be back on the fan next week. Um, by the way, speaking of the fan and my bouncing back and forth between ESPN and the fan, I have been on the fan and ESPN for 25 years. It's our 25th year. So we are going to do uh, kind of a little special event on July 16th at the Jack's Outdoor Gear in Loveland. From 9 to 1, I'm going to broadcast live from there. We're going to have special events going on. We're, we're lining up all the details, but I want everybody who listens just to stop by and say hi because you've all been on this ride with me, and it's been, it's been quite, a, quite a ride as it is, too, so it's been terrific. We're going to cover a lot of fishing today. In the second hour, we're also going to talk some shooting and some boating safety. So we got a lot to cover, so let's get to the phones. And joining us, as he does at 10 o'clock, Every Saturday, no matter where we are, our favorite, Nate Zielinski. Good morning, Terry. How are you? I'm doing well. You know, I was talking about a long ride. You've been along for a good part of that ride, my friend. Absolutely, man. It's uh, It's been unbelievable. It's been an honor to work with you. And, uh, I, I think people hear us on the show. They see, you know, the the TV stuff that we've done together. But I don't think uh, anybody knows the, the friendship that it has evolved over, you know, the whatever, 13, 14 years we've been here. And, you know, Terry, you, you've been in the industry forever. And the times that you call, you know, behind the scenes, like, hey, Terry, you know, I need help. What do I, what do, I do with this uh, partnership? What do I do with this? How, how do you evolve this? And, no, it's been, uh, been an unbelievable relationship relationship and uh, yeah i thank you so much for it it really has i'll never forget when you and karen arranged to take over the espn studios without telling me it was the last week of our television show that we retired and i i I tried to start the show and they wouldn't turn on my mic and then you come walking (laughs) in through the side door and you guys had set up a whole different show (laughs) <laughs> absolutely it's been fun unbelievable you can't yeah, yeah, well, and hopefully hopefully we brought a lot of good outdoor knowledge to people and help them enjoy the outdoors and make their success better speaking of that let's start out i know you want to touch on a couple things today you know first thing is everybody's cooled off they want to get on the water they give us some fishing updates you know, Terry, it's it's kind of there's a lot of stuff going on, so we'll kind of run through them fairly quick. Uh, you know, not to not to beat the dead horse, but you're into walleye. I'll tell you right now, there is nothing better than Chatfield. All the front running lakes go up and down, and you know they're good and they're bad, or they're never bad. They're good and they're they're tougher to find a bite. Um, but right now, Chatfield low water. Fish are starving. They lowered the water on the shad spawn. We're not seeing any of those young shad right now. Um, it, it is just fishing well. So if you're a walleye guy, Chatfield's the bite. And honestly, it's great simply for the fact that you can find your bite. And that's really what a lot of the front range ends up being, Terry. There is a walleye bite 365 days a year. It's just up to you, the angler, if your ability, if your technique um, can, can persuade those fish, you're into fish. And that's the nice thing about right now at Chatfield. You have live bait rigs going. You have jigs with live bait going. You have foot bobbers with live bait going. You have paddle tails that are 100% artificial. No bait added. 
catching fish. You can cast crankbaits. You can troll crankbaits. You can fish blade baits. You can fish jigging wraps. And you can find success on all of those techniques. So, um, again, you're talking walleye. I would look no further than Chatfield. There's so many techniques going. Uh, it is just causing for a very good fight. So we're excited about that. We have our catch rate event coming up this coming Wednesday at Chatfield. Really excited to see what that brings. The last two weeks, we've weighed more walleyes than we ever have at any catch rate event. Um, and honestly, Terry, I think that's really going to just continue uh, this coming week. So if you've never heard of it, think about our catch rate event, $20 entry. Think of it as a bowling or a softball league. Come down and check it out. Uh, we're very excited about that. So think about catch rate. But with walleye, I would honestly, I would look no further than Chatfield. As far as some of the other bites that we have going on, uh, you know, the, the South Park area for trout, you're fishing spinny, fishing Antero, uh, fishing 11 mile for trout. If you're going to fish trout, like we mentioned last week, nothing's changed. I would put a focus on the afternoons. Um, when you get a little storm coming through, you get some wind coming up, it makes those fish go crazy. It pulls them out of the weeds. It sways their opinion of only feeding on, on a bug hatch or a scud hatch, and it opens their eyes to taking your tube jig, your Tasmanian devil, your cast master. Um, so if you're fishing trout in South Park, I would put a major influence and focus on the afternoons. Chase that wind. Even if you do it from shore, um, you're going to catch a lot more fish. If you're daytime or morning, I should say, fishing for those trout in that glassy, calm water, uh, if you don't have a fly rod in, a, in your hand and you're fishing conventional tackle, you really have to create a reaction bite. you got to go deep into those weeds find those open pockets, put the bait right in front of the fish um, and create reaction. Uh, but that's the only way you're going to catch those fish. So that day, that morning, early day, midday, uh, glassy, calm condition, it, it's tougher for those trout right now. So drop the bait deeper, uh, find those fish, put reaction in front of them and, and cater them that way. The pike are very much the same type thing. Those pike are now in those weed pockets. They're stationary. They're not cruising much. They are sitting still as those, those perch, as those rainbows, as the food source swims in front of them, they dart out, grab them. They literally back up like a semi and they sit in the weeds and they wait for the next one. So the key to those trout cover or the key to the pike cover water, loud baits, really loud jerk baits, very high vibration spinner baits, cover water, get the baits as deep as possible, put it in front of their face. And that's the keys to catching those fish. You know, I got to share a story with you. I was doing a show on spinning and this goes back. Oh, I don't know, close to 25 years ago. And we were throwing spinner baits. It was about this time of the year and the pike were sitting down in those weeds. And I, I bent up a spinner bait catch on about a three foot pike. So I was going to show people how you tune a spinnerbait. So I've got the camera running, and, I, and when I fish spinnerbaits for pike, I typically don't put a, a big leader on them because they bite inside the clothespin of the spinnerbait usually. So I threw it out about 10 feet, and I showed how it run crooked. I brought it in. I straightened the arm, threw it out there again, showing how it's running straight, and this monster pike just all of a sudden lifts up, inhales the whole thing, turns his head, snaps it off, and slowly swims away <laughs> right on camera. It was just un unbelievable. That's it. That's how it works sometimes, you know? But, yeah, I mean, and that's it. But the high vibration, true run spinnerbaits, it makes a difference for sure. Yeah, and then spinnerbaits are a great uh, – are just a great, uh, a, great, a great option for novice fishermen. They can work them through the cover a little bit too. Yep, definitely. Yeah, very friendly in the weeds. That is a great way to, to think about that and talk about that for sure. 
All right, so well, carry day. on, my friend. You got more fishing? I know you want to. This week. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I know you want to talk about a couple other things too, but go ahead. That's it. We wanted to jump into some hunting stuff real quick because I think that as hunters and anglers and you go to the store, we're starting to catch up on gear, you know, fishing supplies at least. Uh, you know, you have a good selection of crankbaits and tube jigs and all that type of stuff. So we're seeing the, the gear side, you know, slowly come back on the fishing. Hunting side, you know, we're starting to see more firearms in the store, ammunition. If you are on the side of shooting a certain caliber, uh, there's quite a few options out there uh the mainstay the 300 winds the 300 ultra mags the the bigger elk cartridges the longer rain cartridges for for you know deer and pronghorn um are still very much at the shortage but the thing we want to talk about today terry was optics so i am just going through i i'm getting uh you know a few new firearms that i'm gonna hunt with this fall i'm putting optics so i'm basically building what we call building the rifle so that is the rifle the the cartridge the optics how you're setting them up you know the weight of the gun all of those type things am i putting a bipod am i shooting off a tripod you know how am i going to shoot so either way i am in the process right now of fine-tuning um a handful of firearms i'm going to hunt with this fall and with that i've had a lot of, of questions and fielded a lot of questions on optics um of the rifle this year and and that's one of the things i want to touch base really quick now this could be uh, literally a, a six-hour-long seminar when you really get into it. But we're going to talk about the, the nitty-gritty. So many hunters out there are using the same rifle they've used for a long time. And I'm not discouraging that. I'm not saying you have to go out and buy a new one. But I've had a lot of hunters say, hey, this is the year. I'm going to put new optics on my rifle. Or I'm getting a whole new rifle set up. You know, what do you suggest type thing? And I want to put a little bit of a focus on the optics themselves because, you know, not very long ago, if you went to any, you know, retailer, you talk to any hunter, you know, we threw three by nine by 40 optics on all of our guns and we shot stuff and everything was good. You know, then you have the, the guy that's like, hey, I really want some more magnification. And they ran a four by 12 by 40. But the day of the optics is here, Terry, and you can buy unbelievable optics for very affordable prices right now but you can increase your magnification your field of view you can have adjustable turret uh you know for bullet drop compensation and you can make a more accurate more lethal shot in the field to increase your opportunity uh at harvesting animal and more importantly harvesting animal clean so the things you want to touch base really quick and we're going to follow up this on the next couple of shows um you know so don't worry this is just a quick one we'll cover you carry you through in the coming weeks but number one if you are upgrading your, your optics right now, magnification is your friend. The more you can zoom in and magnify that optics, the more you're going to see clear, the more you're going to know you're on the right animal, the know you're going to make that perfect shot, the more room for failure. If you're zoomed in to a 20 power magnification versus a nine power magnification, you're zoomed in so much. So when you're wiggling and, and that gun is you know floating around because you're shaking so bad, when you're at 20 magnification, you're still on the vitals when you're shaking. At nine power, you're in and out of the vitals on magnification. That sounds funny, but when you can zoom in that much, it drastically helps you hold on target and make it a more clear shot. So having magnification on that rifle, that is one of the biggest things that I encourage hunters to do nowadays with these optics. More magnification helps you out with that. Number two, having a turret. So your top adjustable point, your, your, your windage up and down, Having a turret that is adjustable, whether it's by yardage, whether it's by MOAs, 
<clears throat> but having one of those that you can adjust for your bullet drop is huge. Now, the reason I say this, Terry, and I'll be as quick as possible, but every hunter I talk about knows how far they should shoot. You talk to a hunter at the range, how far are you comfortable? <clears throat> and everybody tells you that number. I'm good to 150 yards or I'm good to 200 yards. And they say that. That same hunter goes in the field and the bull of a lifetime, that big mule deer, the buck pronghorn, a cow, doesn't matter. They are now at 260 yards. I don't know any hunter that says, you know what? It's at 260. We're going to let it walk. <clears throat> they don't, Terry. It's just one of those things. It's a realistic conversation. Everybody still takes the shot. They push the envelope, even though they know they shouldn't, even though they know they haven't trained, even though they know they don't know what that bullet does at that added 60, 80, 100 yards, they still take the shot. So what I encourage is prepare for that shot. Shoot often, shoot a lot, know what your gun does, and even though you might not plan on taking that longer shot, if you're able to do so, if you're comfortable, if you know what happens, you are being a responsible hunter. So by having a turret that is adjustable, you can literally range the animal at 250 yards and say, even though I was planning on shooting at 250, you know, or at 200, the animal's at 250, it's calm conditions, it's stable, the animal isn't on there, you can now adjust that turret to shoot accurately at 250 yards and you can take a shot. The reason I say this, when I talk to hunters and I talk to them, Terry, every day that, you know, I say, oh, I saw that animal and, you know, I knew it was far, so I, I just lifted that crosshairs up eight, ten inches. And, and, Terry, that is so hard to do, you know, because that distance, what truly is eight to ten inches on the animal's back? Do you truly know that an animal like an elk, a big bull, is 35 inches from top to bottom or 33 inches on a smaller animal? animal and a lot of hunters don't quite know that they're holding over and, and they're not becoming accurate so this is the start of the conversation of optics but number one between now and next radio show think about magnification think about a turret that allows for adjustments uh again for that for that bull, bullet drop compensation uh we're going to start this conversation we're going to make everybody a more accurate shot to increase their odds every time they step into the woods Great, great information, my friend, and I've got some input, but we'll wait till next week. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. If people want more information on any of your stuff, it's tightlineoutdoors.com or on social media, and I will be posting this on the fans' website and on my social media as a podcast. Thank you, Nate. All right. Thank you, sir. You bet. Nate Zielinski, great, great information. We're going to change gears when I come back. We're going to take you up to the North Park area in Lake John where the fishing is on fire. All that and more on Terry Wicksham Outdoors on ESPN. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors today on ESPN. We'll be back on, on 104.3 The Fan next week. We bounce over here every so, and, uh, so often. This segment is brought to us in part by our great friends at Elkwoods Insurance. Um, Sean Early will join us just a little later in the segment, but right now let's go to the phones. We're going to take you up to North Park and Doug Gibb from the North uh, the Lake John store is on with us. Good morning, Doug. Hey, good morning, Terry. How are you, sir? I am doing great. You know, it's a little cooler today. We've had some pretty warm weather, and it, it almost feels cool. I have a sweatshirt on. Normally I have a T-shirt on in the morning lately, but it feels good, and it's going to be a great time to get outdoors because – you know, you're not going to deal with that hot sun and the fish should be biting. And from what you've been telling me, they're already biting up in the North Park area. Is that right? They sure are. Uh, water temps are, you know, in the high 50s to mid 60s only max. Uh, today, when I took a measurement, it was uh, 61 degrees water temp. 
perfect for all those trout, right? So what are you seeing at the lakes up there? Well, what I'm seeing is uh, on shore, uh, you know, uh, pink power bait with glitter, uh, garlic worm, which is a beige-colored power bait with glitter, corn power bait, and night crawlers seem to be the, the things that are hot this week. And uh, trolling-wise, uh, any kind of brown trout lure, the daredevil uh, one is the one that's, that uh, has been hot, as well as the castmaster. Brass bikini, which is a needlefish, uh, the orange and silver, the red silver, uh, which are cast masters. Uh, a cop, cop car is doing very well, even in the even in the sunlight, which surprised me. And of course, your your standard rainbow trout is doing great. And then uh, there's just a couple more, Terry. Rainbow, fire tiger, and chicken wing, all all doing well. Now, and are then, they catching? Numbers of fish or sizes of fish or what's it looking like? They are. They're, they're, it's more numbers than size. Um, they're catching a lot between 16 and 20, and, and then fewer, obviously, at the 20-plus the range. But I still see those come out every day, just not in the, the same, you know, four to six uh, number range. And we're talking Lake John right now, of course, because of the bait and things. But uh, a 15 to 20-inch trout at lake john is a pretty hefty fish doug oh it's a well, that's why we call them the lake john footballs they are they're they are big and fat they've they've got great natural nutrients which they they consume leeches and shrimp and crawdads and crickets not to mention all the coronamids and the and of course the fingerlings that are always introduced every year so these these fish grow at about an inch and a half a month uh, so they, if they start at eight inches, do the math, you've got a pretty sizable fish by the end of August. Now, before we move on to some of the other North Park areas, um, how are the fly anglers doing at Lake John? I know sometimes they like to work the shoreline or even from boats there. Yeah, they do. They've had success. Um, currently, you know, with all the coronamid hatchings that we've had, which I can attest to on my, my vehicle windshield, um, uh, the olive bugger seems to be doing the best. Uh, that and the blue dun, thin mints I've, I've heard mentioned, and then the ruby red leech. Uh, you know, guys in belly boats are are saying that's what they're catching fish on. But they I are having better luck at the Butte currently uh, than John with fly fishing. I heard they got some big ones out of Lake John, though. They did. They did. There was a fly fisherman. They got, he got a 26 inch. I think it was on the 18th of June, and he was just using a, a, a woolly bugger. Black woolly bugger. Now, what about the, the, the Delaney's, the Delaney Buttes lakes? Are they fishing? Now, they're obviously different regulations. Can't use bait there, but how are they fishing? The, they are do, doing as well or better uh, in terms of fly fishing. Uh, I, the the numbers I've heard are six plus on average per person. So, and that's you know guys coming up for the day and spending four or five hours and then, you know, having to head back home. But, uh, and of course, bring your bug spray because of course the mosquitoes at the Delaney Buttes are, are, there's a lot more of them than there are at John. John is very reasonable, very manageable. And then what about, you've got some other waters near, you got some streams and another cadre and Big Creek, I believe. What else is going on? Anything? Yeah. Big Creek lakes, Big Creek lakes I found to be tougher than, than anything else in the area, probably because it's a thousand feet higher, and, and it's a lot bigger water. Um, but people are are catching a lot of 
uh, trout, cutbow, cutthroat. They have seen a lot of scarring on the fish because of the tiger muskie up in there. So I, one of these days I'm going to get up there and try my luck at trying to get one of those. All right. And let's talk a little bit about your place before we run out of time. Tell people where you're located and what you have to offer. So we are about 18 miles west of Walden. We currently have five units, uh, cabins for lodging and 30 RV spots. We are breaking ground. I just got permits going, and I've got uh, so two more units should be in line for next year's fishing tournament. Uh, we rent boats. We rent shanties. We've got a little general store. We, we try and kind of have everything that uh, you might have forgotten at home and, and certainly all the fishing uh, accessories, we try and uh, we have a good selection and keep up on that. And you, well, and you also have a great knowledge of the area. Tell you what, folks, if I'm going to North Park, no matter where I'm going, my first stop is going to be the Lake John store, talk to Doug and the people, because you guys keep such great track of the, the bite. And it sounds like right now people just want to catch some really nice trout. Lake John is the place to be. It is. It is. I'm, I feel so lucky to be up here. My wife and I couldn't be happier. This is year two for us, Terry, and I've got nothing but great words for North Park. And All right, my friend, my friend, I'll also post this online during the week, but a great report. If people want more current information, how do they do that? They just go to www.lakejohnresort.com, and uh, there there's a tab that you can hit on fishing report which is tied to my facebook page with all spot also the same name lake john resort and uh, i try and do daily updates for weather conditions and fishing uh you name it and special events that are happening in the area sounds great sounds like the place to be and like a lot going on boy if you just want to catch some fish and and it's a good lake to keep some from the pan for the pan too because of the reproduction and growth rate there so great opportunities thanks doug Hey, thank you, Terry, and we look forward to talking to you again. You bet. That's Doug Gibb from uh, Lake John Resort. Before we before we go to a break, though, let's bring up one of our partners. He's joined the show in the last few weeks, and he's an outdoor enthusiast, and that's Sean Early with Elkwoods Insurance. Good morning, Sean. Morning, Terry. How are you today? I'm doing great. You know, and we're going to – I know you want to talk a little bit about some insurance products, but before we do, you're an outdoor enthusiast. Who you enjoy all aspects of outdoors. You're you're uh, an avid angler, both open water and through the ice. You you enjoy hunting, and I, I bet you're already starting to get anxious about fall coming. But you like to go sometimes and just enjoy the outdoors, and that's kind of what you did this week, wasn't it? Yeah, my wife and I were celebrating our wedding anniversary, and we decided just to go stay at a hotel up in Grand Lake. Um, we stayed at the <laughs> Gateway Inn and went over to the hot springs and hot sulfur and just enjoyed the outdoors just being outside yeah, some, sometimes you don't have to have a fishing rod or a or a rifle or a bow in your hand sometimes just being outdoors i know just sometimes just being on a patio and of course karen and i sneak in a glass of wine when we do that but just being exposed to the outdoors is therapeutic isn't it it is um the patio at the hotel we stayed at had a great view of the mountains to the east of, you know, Grand Lake, looked right over Shadow Mountain Reservoir, and it was it was peaceful for sure. Now, I know it was your anniversary, but was there a little bit of a tug when you looked at that water? Yeah. To get uh, my, na- my neighbor was up there fishing Grand Lake, and I really wanted to go get on his boat. 
I won't tell your wife you said that, though. Just between you and I, that's okay. okay. But your whole family enjoys the outdoors, though. You do a lot of camping and stuff, too. Yeah, we do uh, in a lot of places. You know, speaking of camping, we talked about being at a hotel enjoying the outdoors just now. But a lot of people have taken up the RV life, and they like to camp that way. Is it difficult to make sure you have proper insurance coverage on your toys, like your RV and your boat? Do you have to? A lot of people end up going to multiple companies and maybe not getting the discounts. Uh, well, it's not difficult for me, Terry. I uh, most of the time for your RVs and your tow behind campers, we can add them to your auto policy. So it's just an addition, an extra vehicle, so you get that multi vehicle discount, and your liability from your vehicle policy will extend over to your campers as well well you know all my i'm through one of your companies and my home my our jeep our truck and our boat are all through the same company but you know but i remember in the past when that wasn't the case but you do end up getting pretty substantial discounts when you can put them all with one company right that's correct um and any policies that you can add to the same company they are going to give you a better deal to keep all the you know, all the business with them. Uh, so it benefits you as, as the um, insured, but it also benefits me because it makes it a lot easier for me to, to do the shopping for you. Are there any other pitfalls when you're insuring your toys that you really have to watch out for? I would just make sure that you will always carry the same liability coverage that you do on your vehicles because boating accidents happen and they can happen probably more frequently than car accidents. Um, water's, you know, fluid. And then also with ATVs, they're very apt to accidents and injuries. So always having that liability coverage to protect yourself if somebody else is borrowing it or if somebody's riding with you and they get injured, you want to make sure that you're protected. And that's exactly what the liability insurance does. And, of course, your motto is that if people get a hold of you when they're covered, when they're looking for coverage, they can stay in the field or on the water and you'll shop it for them, Right. Absolutely. You just send me your stuff and ha- enjoy the outdoors. I'll make sure the shopping gets done, and I'll send you an email with your quotes. All right, my friend. How do they get a hold of you? Uh, all my contact information can be found at www.elkwoodsinsurance.com. All right. Glad to have you on as a partner, and we will be talking to you again in a couple weeks. I'm looking forward to it, and you guys have a great weekend. It's great fishing right now. I'm heading out right now. All right. Thank you, Sean. It is great fishing right now. You bet. Great fishing right now. We're going to change things up. We're going to take a timeout. We come back. We're going to be joined by one of our, you know, he's one of our favorite contributors, but I I hate to say something nice because he might be on hold listening, but he is a good friend. JR from Colorado Clays will be joining us right here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 1600 ESPN. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear. Jack's has locations up and down the Front Range. In fact, the Jackson Loveland, we're going to be celebrating our 25 years of Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on July uh, 16th there. I'll tell you more about that later. Let's go to the phones, and I hope you didn't hear me say good things about it, because I'll never hear the end, of, the end of it. Our favorite guy from Colorado Clays, J.R. Pierce. Good morning, J.R. And good morning to you, Terry. I was on hold, so nobody heard me answer you back. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, I want to talk today. We've talked about um, 
picking out a shotgun and picking out a rifle. And I think we might want to revisit those yet before hunting season starts because people may be upgrading now that firearms are becoming a little more available for hunting than they were in the last couple of years because of the supply chain. But we didn't talk about picking out a handgun. Now, at Colorado Clays, you have the facilities to do every discipline of shooting. You've got skeet and trap and wobble trap, and you've got you've got the sporting clay range, of course. And then you do have your rifle and pistol range. So do you get involved with a lot of people doing handgun shooting? Oh, absolutely, Terry. We have thousands of people a year visit Colorado Clays for a multitude of different reasons, uh, whether it is recreational uh, shooting with their handguns, whether it is uh, perhaps law enforcement co- competitive aspects, and uh, you know, just a lot of those cross over to each other. Uh, learning one, uh, practicing one, crosses over to other uses for them. So yeah, we we service and um, provide the, one of the nicest pistol ranges around. Well, you know, when it comes to picking out a handgun, you know, sometimes a rifle or a shotgun, it can be very easy to determine or easier what what you need for what you're going to use it for. I think people, when they buy a handgun, unless they're very specific with their needs, sometimes they're not sure what characteristics they're looking for or what type of a handgun. And, you know, there's so many uses. It can be competitive shooting is becoming a big deal, and handguns are so fun. And just plinking with a 22 and target practicing, having a good time. Or maybe you want self-defense, or maybe you're looking for a gun to take in the field for either protection from larger animals or or just even hunting in some cases some big handguns are legal for hunting so there's such a wide variety of handguns isn't there yeah and you know terry that's right and so often the uh shotgun rifle stuff is you know kind of specific to particular uses more so than the pistol so when a person's asking himself which handgun should i choose um, you know, first question is always, what is my primary use for this firearm? And, you know, um, I will say that most people, and particularly first-time buyers, have personal or home defense in mind. But you should also ask, does this firearm or do I want specific secondary uses as well? And, for example, like you said, maybe you want to do some hunting with it or some competitive shooting or maybe some recreational shooting with the family and friends. And answering those questions may change the style, um, the model or caliber you choose to suit those needs. And uh, there's other limitations, of course, which also can affect which one you choose, which uh, obviously availability of the firearm and availability of price of ammo for it. Um, budget limitations can definitely affect the final choice as well. So a lot of questions a person should ask before they just run out and purchase a handgun because um, making a good uh, decision can really help you down the road get the maximum usage out of your firearm. I couldn't agree more. And sometimes there's misconceptions because of people, what they've seen on television or what their friends tell them is, oh, this is what you have to go with. I hear so many people say, well, I go with a revolver because that, that it's, I just pull the trigger, it's going to work. Well, there's a lot of other things that come into play there, trigger pull, a few things like that, uh, and it's difficult for some people to aim. Or I go with a, a semi, but is it the one with the right safety? Let's kind of go through maybe some of the different 
different types of handguns initially and talk about the pros and cons. And since I brought up a revolver, um, what are your thoughts on a revolver? I have mine, but let's hear yours first. Well, revolver is definitely um, a, a very common and very uh, proven uh, platform for a handgun. Um, you know, of course, the revolver being a barrel with a cylinder behind it that holds the ammo, a uh, spring-loaded hammer, and um, each time you either cock the hammer and release the trigger, um, that action there will rotate that cylinder to bring a shell up in line with the barrel for another shot. Um, there's quite a few different calibers um, for, hand, uh, you know, for revolvers, and uh, maybe not as many as some of the semi-autos. Uh, they do hold fewer rounds than a semi-auto. So you can get a larger capacity of, of rounds and magazine on a semi-auto. Uh, they're not as rapid to fire as a semi-auto is, but they're generally considered more reliable. Um, they are considered a little bit more accurate at a given distance when tuned in. And one thing that is also a factor is the revolvers will tend to shoot pretty much any ammo. Now and again with your semis, you can get... Uh, some finickiness depending on the ammo you use and even the mechanics of the person using can affect the function of a semi. So uh, a, a revolver is definitely a great platform, a very reliable gun, uh, and has a lot of uses. You can go across the board in the uh, personal home defense, the competitive, the hunting. Um, so never a bad choice. Uh, again, one of those things you want to check out. Now, I have some thoughts on Revolver. I agree with everything you said, which I hate to do, but I do. <laughs> but there's a few other things about a Revolver. One, it's, there may not be as many calibers available, but there's some very large calibers. If you're going to do some big game hunting or protection with a, a Revolver that you can get up in like a 44 mag and things like that that aren't readily available in semi-automatic handguns normally. Uh, so you can get some very extreme calibers. Uh, in a revolver. The one thing about a revolver, you mentioned either pulling the hammer back and shooting or pulling the trigger. When you pull the hammer back, that's called single action, and that gives you a much lighter trigger pull because you're not having to actuate the hammer. A lot of people in a self-defense situation wouldn't do that. That's usually done in a hunting situation or a target situation. So if you have to pull a double action, it's called revolver, where you engage the hammer with the trigger pull, a lot of people can have difficulty maintaining that gun on target. Uh, a typical revolver with a pull like that may be up in the 10 or 12 pounds of trigger pull range, where a, a lot of semi-automatics may be 3 to 6, 3 to 7, depending on the type of actions they have. So it's easier to maintain your target, especially under stress. So those are the things with the revolver. You mentioned revolvers have a smaller capacity for ammunition, but they're very reliable. If you were picking a, a revolver for, um, you know, if you're picking a revolver for just plinking, a .22, is, which can be le less reliable in a semi, is a great gun in a revolver. But if you're looking for something for self-defense, I'd probably look at a revolver and maybe start around a 38 Special with the police use carry. What do you feel about the calibers in a revolver? Well, absolutely, Terry, and we can just base this on what we've been seeing here at Colorado Place <laughs> for so long. Um, definitely in the raw revolvers, you can get them from 22 all the way up into the um, high 40 calibers. Um, one thing that you need to consider, of course, um, 
you know, the 22 doesn't have as much punch, but is definitely a much more comfortable gun. The ammo is much cheaper and usually very available. Uh, there are, you can get uh, many different rounds, even some of the ACP rounds for the um, uh, semis in, in the uh, revolver platform. But I would say, yes, 38 Special 357 is definitely the most common middle ground one. Uh, if you start getting bigger, you start dealing with recoil, all of which, and of course bigger guns, when you do go to double action, end up requiring more force and can have a tendency to pull the barrel off target. So that middle ground of a revolver is probably the most user-friendly, the most common, the most readily available ammo, and can be used across the board for all of the things we talked about there. Let's move on before we run out of time to the semi-automatic. Now, I personally prefer the semi-automatic handguns, but I have some specifics that I like that somebody else might not like. Um, first of all, they're available in a number of calibers from 22 up to, like you said, the, the 40 calibers, uh, the 44, 45s, 40s. Um, if I'm looking for a self-defense gun, a lot of it because of the availability of ammunition and where it falls into the protective category, I lean towards the 9mm for plinking and just having fun. I love the 22, but some 22 semis, you got to be willing to deal with some uh, misfires and maybe not as quite as uh, guaranteed performance. How do you feel about those? Well, that's absolutely true, Terry. And again, uh, so many different uh, you know calibers available in the semis. All of them have their uh, benefits and their you know downsides. Definitely, without a doubt, most common is the nine millimeter, the forties, the forty-fives are pretty popular. Uh, see some twenty-twos as well, and you can go all the way up to some of the fifty caliber stuff, the fifty eighty, and some of those are just hand cannons, but. Um, a lot of those, along with some of the other, you know, break and single action guns are more novelty or gun collector stuff. If you want a real world usable gun that goes across the board for um, home defense, personal protection, um, even just uh, recreational use, and you could do some hunting and even some competition, the 9mm is a great choice. Uh, like we said, with the semi-autos, with a magazine, you have larger capacities, so more rounds. Um, rapid fire is much more uh, easily done with those. Reliability, again, is expected by the ammo or the individual oftentimes, and they are a little bit more finicky um, of the ammo on certain guns for certain things. But definitely semi-auto in 9mm is probably the best bet if it's going to be your first handgun. Yeah, and I would, I would look at, um, the, if you're going to not carry it concealed, Remember, the heavier the gun, the less the recoil will be. Uh, also, an, a semi-auto, because it uses energy to re, uh, reload the gun, it will, it will actually recoil less than a revolver. And they're easier to conceal if you're going to get a small one, because they come in smaller sizes that are thinner if you're going that way. Uh, the trigger pull can be a, uh, quite a bit different on them. If you're doing a... Uh, a semi-automatic that has a thumb safety, like a 1911 or some of the Smith & Wessons, they will, they will have a much easier trigger pull than, say, a Glock, which has no external safety. The safety is built into the trigger, so you have a harder trigger pull. But the last thing I want to touch on, and we can spend a lot more time on this, is I think, and I want to get your feedback on this, and that's that before you buy any handgun for any use, I would find a place to take a class 
and maybe even shoot a few different ones because handguns probably more than any other gun can have such a personal effect on how they feel. Absolutely, Terry, and that's really the biggest thing. Uh, if you have not done the research, do not know, or have any questions, do yourself a favor when you're choosing that handgun by talking to one of the expert staff here at Colorado Place, because not only do we have that NRA-approved state-of-the-art range that is the choice of thousands and thousands of recreational, competitive hunting and law enforcement enthusiasts every year, but we also offer classes training and individual instruction at the highest levels that will aid anyone in choosing the best handgun for their needs. So I encourage everyone to give us a call and uh, we can certainly help you out with that decision. Yeah, and if and if some of your trainers I'm sure have their own guns that they uh, they do some training with. You may give may they may be able to give you a chance to shoot a couple different varieties. I would say try to shoot a revolver, try to shoot a semi, and a couple different brands of each, if it's at all possible with your training or with some friends you know, because the look, feel, and the way it handles are so different and can be so specific. Things like, can you rack that that semi? Well, if you can't rack it very well, then you should probably be using a revolver. But if you're hand isn't strong enough to maintain trigger, then you might look at a different option. Anyway, we got to run, but if people want to get a hold of you, how do they find you, my friend? Terry, give us a call, 303-659-7117, or go to our website, coloradoplays.com. Take the virtual tour, check us out. Uh, but by all means, get out here and have some fun shooting. All right, my friend. We'll talk to you again soon, and we got to get on the water again soon. Agreed, Terry. Agreed. All right. Thanks, JR. JR Pierce from Colorado Clays. Great resource. We're going to take a quick time out, and I got a few things I want to talk about before we head into the next hour. Right here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on ESPN. When life has got you down in the World is crashing all around. You can always count on me. All right, you're count listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, which is usually on the fan from 9 to 11 because of some programming issues. We're over here on ESPN. That happens maybe five, six times a year. We love it over on our sister station. By the way, that bumper music was from uh, an EP that Mark, Hall of Fame musician Mark Dobrith and myself have out on all your favorite streaming services. We have four songs in that EP. It's called Loneliness and Love, and you can find it on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, all the streaming services, or you can find us on social media. Just search Wickstrom and Dobrith and give a listen to our music. We always appreciate that. Now, I want to talk a little bit about an event we have coming up along with Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. If you've been listening over the last hour, you'd know that this is our 25th year of this show on ESPN and the fan. And uh, we're going to do a little something special on July 16th at the Jacks in Loveland. I'll get more details out over the next couple weeks because that's about three weeks away. But we're going to have some tables set up with vendors, with partners from the show are going to be there. There'll be special sales. We'll have giveaways. We'll broadcast there from 9 to 11. And then we'll, uh, I'm going to hang around till 1 o'clock. I may have some giveaways, mingle with the people. <clears throat> we would really like 
on this 25th year of our show to have as many people who enjoy the show to stop by and share with us. Share maybe a memory of the show or share uh, uh, a tip that's helped you or share something you'd like us to do different on the show. We, we always encourage that, too. So we're really looking forward to this event. It's, uh, it's going to be just uh, a lot of fun. I mean, because we love it when we get to interact with the folks who listen because, you know, we're putting information out there. And except for occasional sports show or something, and, you know, some social media feedback, we don't get to interact a lot and find out how we're impacting your outdoor experience. And, you know, it, it's important to us. It's, it's not just a job. It's a personal thing to get people in the outdoors, share information that can help them be more successful and enjoy what they're doing, whether it's camping, fishing, hunting, shooting, wildlife watching, trail, use, trail usage, whatever your outdoor activity is, we try to cover it on the show. And we try to really give you tips on both being safe, how to be more successful, how to enjoy it more, and just how to have a really good time. And that's what this show's about. We don't try to avoid issues, but we don't concentrate on them either. We try to make the show about positive outdoor experiences. There's an outdoor issue, whether it's with Colorado Parks and Wildlife, who will be coming up next segment to talk boating safety, or whether it's just with something else going on out there. We don't shy away from it, but we try not to make it the focus. So we're always here to give you information to enjoy what's going on and and just have a good time when you're out there. Along with that, you should follow us on Facebook. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook is really the vehicle that we we, uh, promote this show with. Now, if you're new to the show and you're liking what you hear, you can join us most Saturdays from 9 to 11 on the fan. And then usually when we're not on there, we're here from 10 to noon. But we always podcast virtually everything on the show. If you go to 1043thefan.com, go to the menu, go to the Terry Wickstrom page, and click on it, and you scroll down, there's two types of podcasts. There's podcasts that are hour at a time of the show. So the whole show is podcast an hour at a time. I think that's called the on-demand section. But then we podcast all the segments to the individual interviews, like JR and I just talking about picking out a handgun. That will be there. You can listen to it again and make notes if you want to go through it. And then we'll also take select one of those podcasts and we'll put them on our uh, social media on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on uh, Facebook. And then the fan occasionally features some of our some of our segments on the fan Facebook page, too. So we try to but Facebook can really be the the focal point. It'll tell you uh, you can catch up on podcasts you've heard before or you missed or you want to listen to. You can also see about upcoming events. A lot of times we put that on our Facebook page. We give fishing reports on the Facebook page. If we're in the field, we try to give up-to-date field reports on our Facebook page. So Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. So I tell you what, we're going to take a time out here. When we come out, Colorado Parks and Wildlife is going to join us. And we're going to talk with the busy weekends coming up about boating safety and possibly some new regulations you should be aware of. That aware of all that and more coming up on Cherry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on ESPN sixteen hundred. <laughs> 